Good morning, church family. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah. We're glad you're here. Glad you came with us. I'm going to ask you to do something a little strange to start, but that's pretty normal, right, Scott? Um, I'd like you to just take a moment. This isn't an invitation to sleep during the sermon, but would you just shut your eyes for a moment? And for the next 15 seconds, if you're going to play along, keep your eyes shut. Don't look. I am timing it. I got my good eye on the clock. Thank you very much. Here, here's my question. What if the only time you could see is for an hour Sunday morning? Think about it, you know. Uh, again, I'm trying to get you to identify with where I've been this last year, but um, seriously, if, if you can't see uh, except for a few minutes here or a few minutes there, I really think we would pay lots of attention to our sight. I promise you. Today, we're going to talk about spiritual sight or spiritual blindness. And, and here's the truth. Um, when's the last time you clearly knew that you could see Jesus at work in your life? When, when's the last time you know God was working in and through you? I'm talking clear, unmistakable signs that Jesus was working in and around you. Now let's just pause and think on it. When was the last time you knew for sure God was working in your life. That, that's what it means to have spiritual sight. Matter of fact, isn't that why we come to church as a family and, and watch online? It's because we want to see God up to something, worshiping Him as a family and digging into His book and asking Him to work in our lives. Here's the sad truth. Lots of us, me included, go for long stretches of time where, if we're honest, we really don't see God at work. Sometimes we go days and we go weeks. And, and the truth is, some of us, occasionally it's months but, uh, in between where, where I've seen Christ at work in my life um, living spiritually blind. So, so today we're going to talk about What's the cure? What is uh, the prescription according to God's book? How can we start seeing Jesus alive? Uh, seeing our eyes opened and now, oh yeah, I can see and feel and experience Jesus in and working through me. If you're able, stand with me. We're going to read uh, the first eight verses of Matthew chapter 5. Uh, this is called the Beatitudes. These are uh, the things that we are blessed about. These are uh, how we get God's endorsement, where we get his stamp of approval, where he, we get the congratulations of Jesus on our lives. Read with me, please. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Let's pray. Lord, we want to see you, experience you, feel you, see your fruit alive, your spirit moving in our lives. And Lord, we don't want to just see every once in a while. Lord, we want to regularly see with spiritual eyes you at work in and around us. So that, that's our desire. That's why we're here today. We want to experience that as a family. But now, Lord, we want to experience that during this next week as well. So would you help us to tune in and hear your prompts and nudges and whispers? We, we want to Hear your still, small voice today. We invite your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take his place today in, in your church. So we just want you to come, and Lord, uh, we're, we're ready to respond. We're ready to listen. Whatever it is, bring hope, bring encouragement. Lord, bring your peace and your joy Lord, even bring your conviction as needed. We, we're ready to hear from you. And right now, Lord, we want to just pause for a second. Because uh, one of the church family members is, has just been rushed up to the hospital. So, Lord, we want to lift up Theron Krigo to you. Lord, we love Theron and Lois. Um, and uh, we're not exactly sure what's going on, but you do. You know exactly, and I know Theron loves you. He's ready to be with you. But Lord, the truth is we're not ready to let him go. So we would ask that you bring healing and uh, bring your touch to, to Theron's life. I, I pray for Lois and Karen who's there with them. Lord, give them your peace and your encouragement right now, even as they wait on news. Lord, I pray for any other members of the family here who uh, are hurting, who aren't doing well today, Lord. I, I pray that they would sense you're right there with them. No matter what's going on, no matter how bad things are, no matter how deep the valley is, Lord, might they know they're good shepherds right at their side. Lord, help us to trust you even during those hard valley times. We love you, Lord. We're glad to be here and all the church family here at Walloon said with one hope-filled voice, you can be seated. This is week number six in our hashtag blessed series. Hashtag blessed. Um, just got to tell you, um, some of the younger ones had to explain to me what that even means. Hashtag blessed. Okay, here, here's what they tell me, okay? So this isn't firsthand. I'm sharing with uh, uh, some of the younger of our staff said. Uh, blessed, they said, is a really popular hashtag on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tiki Talk. Uh, Instagram alone, if you type in hashtag blessed, has 138 million posts with hashtag 
blessed. 138 million. Um, if you're new to hashtags, a hashtag is a label. Um, it makes it easier on social media to find information with a theme or specific content. So, if you label something hashtag blessed, 138 million different posts will pop up and people all over the world will tell you what they think it means to be hashtag blessed. Okay? Um, I think by now you can see that Jesus' perspective on what it means to be blessed and what the world thinks it means to be blessed, they don't line up. They are really in opposite directions, mostly. Um, on Instagram, being blessed means you feel lucky. And a lot of the, they use lucky interchanged with blessed. I've got a new car. I'm blessed. I have a significant other. Look at us. Aren't we wonderful? I'm blessed. I've got this good job. I've got a thriving business I'm a part of. I've got a talent that makes me really feel blessed. And, and I'm sure you wish you had my talent. Okay? Hashtag bless is a humble way to brag about your life. That's really true. When li and usually only when life is going good. You, you don't use this hashtag when you're in the valley. So you post a picture of your new Tesla. Why? Because you want to kind of brag. I've got a Tesla and you don't. Don't you wish you were uh, as rich as I? Uh, you don't want to be flaunting. You don't want to brag. So you just put hashtag blessed. You understand how it works? Uh, or you have a fight with a friend and now you're not talking to each other. Has that ever happened? Uh, yeah. Um, so... I guess this is how it works. You post a picture of yourself with another friend. You understand? And, and then you passive-aggressively tell them, I'm doing fine without you. I, I, I don't really... So hashtag blessed. Look at my friend, friend who I'm not talking with. Okay? Uh, or you want to promote your music career and you want other people to know how amazing your voice is. You post a video of yourself singing, and you put hashtag blessed, and then everyone will go, wow, that's amazing, okay? In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus flips the script, okay? Uh, it's, it really shows us that what God calls blessed and what we in the world usually call blessed are very different things. Ironically, many of the things that people claim today are blessings, if you look at those 138 million, are actually a demonstration of why they haven't been blessed by God. It's actually almost they're shouting, I think this is a blessing. And when you look at it, you say, no, that, that's not what the Lord says here in Matthew chapter 5. That's not what it means to be blessed. Um, being blessed is not about the amount of money you have in your bank account. You know that, right? It's not about how good you look on the outside. Although I got to tell you, y'all are looking pretty good today. Uh, it's not about how talented we are. Listen close. Put it up on the screen. Being blessed is who we are on the inside. It's about how rich we are with God Almighty. 
It's about daily connecting with Christ. It's about experiencing Jesus in our lives today and for all of eternity. That's blessing according to Jesus. This morning, we're going to see clearly from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8 to see Jesus alive and working. Make sure to daily keep your hearts pure. Okay? To to see Jesus alive and working, make sure to daily keep your heart pure. Meaning, if we don't keep our hearts pure, give me your eyes, we won't see God. (laughs) We're going to walk around spiritually blind. So, I need to tell you, Jesus is uh, on the hillside. He's talking to crowds. Huge crowd has gathered there at the Sea of Galilee, and now he's sharing these uh, new blessings that they should be seeking to put into practice. But they would know that the Old Testament is full of this truth, okay? To see Jesus alive and working, make sure to daily keep your heart pure. This wasn't new. This was an old concept. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who can climb the mountain of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? Okay, good questions. Who can actually go and be in the presence of God Almighty? He gives the answer here, verse 4. Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols, never tell lies. So, So King David is writing here, and he says there's a condition to seeing God. If you want to see God, there is a condition you need to meet, and that's get clean. Okay? No one is allowed into Almighty God's presence with dirty hands and dirty hearts. That's what he says very clearly. You can't come and just go running into God's presence when you have dirty hands and dirty hearts. Get clean. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Listen. The Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear your call. Catch this. It's your sins that you've cut you off from God. It's your sins. Because of your sins, he's turned away and he will not listen anymore. Who has caused the disconnect between us and God Almighty? With that verse in mind, uh, what exactly is the key factor that separates us from God? And the answer is, what is, what's causing the disconnect? Our sin, my sin, your sin, creates the disconnect. We build a wall, and it's called sin, between us and God Almighty. And here's the point. If, if we want that wall to be torn down, that's on us. We need to go and get clean and pure in order for us to see God once again. Listen to how James in the New Testament explains spiritual blindness. James 4, for you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I'll say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. It's pretty strong. 
Okay? You're all cozy. You're all comfortable. You're participating. Hashtag blessed in everything the world says makes it a blessing. And he says, I just want you to know, when you're living and thinking that way, you're living like an enemy of mine. Okay? You can't be all cozy with the world. Here's the cure. Slide down to verse 8, James 4. Come close to God. He'll come close to you. You wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You're playing it both ways. Part-time with God. Part-time with the world. Washing our hands. Purifying our hearts opens our spiritual eyes. You got it? In order to see God alive and at work in and around you, you got to wash your hands, you got to purify your hearts. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, Matthew 5, 8, for they will see God. The smile, the applause, the stamp of God's approval is on our lives when our hearts are pure unmixed with sin. Got to keep our hearts pure in order to have spiritual seeing eyes. Now here's the rub, okay? I already said this a little bit, but we're going to go a little further. Many of us, I want to serve Jesus. I really do. I, I like to do it on Sunday morning. I like to do it when I feel spiritual. I, I, I really like to serve Jesus and worship him and see him. But I also got this, this little area or two. Um, it's called my pet sins. And, and I take pretty good care of my pet sins. And uh, I, I watch over them pretty well. And, and every once in a while, I like to go play with my pet sin. You understand? I, I, I like to feed my pets in. I, I, I like to uh, see it at work in my life. So anyway, now I've got this. I, I love Jesus and I want to serve him when it's convenient. But I also really, when, when I'm feeling tempted and I want to uh, go, go play with my pets in, I want to do that too. It's like getting in your car. Uh, Henry, what kind of car do you have? You got a Lincoln. Wow. A Lincoln. Good for you. Yeah. There you go. Um, now, here's, here's the experiment, Henry. You ready? Okay. Here's what I want you to do. Okay. Maybe after service, we'll all go outside and watch you. Okay. But I want you to turn your Lincoln on. Okay, Henry. And, and then, okay, put it in drive. You might want to go back where there's not other cars to try this little experiment. Okay. And I want you to mash the brake as far as you can, okay? Can you do that? Car's running, it's in drive, and then at the same time, you ready? I want you to all the way press the gas all the way to the floor, okay? And let's just see what happens, okay? So you got the brake on as hard as it can, you got the pedal to the metal, and now we're just seeing, whoo, what's going to happen? Uh, we're going to ruin your Lincoln, aren't we? <laughs> we're going to destroy that car. That's true. Why? Because you can't do that if you want to keep your Lincoln running well. Here's the truth. Spiritually, <laughs> they'll say, well, that's what we're doing. We've got, we've got the pedal down. We, we've got, we'll, we'll, call, uh, we'll call sin 
the brake. We got the brake down, and, and, and we're putting it all the way to the metal uh, with Jesus. You understand? It, it, it doesn't work. That, that's a good way to ruin your spiritual life. That's a good way to go spiritually blind. Just, just part-time love Jesus and then part-time let your sin rip and then push them both all the way to the metal. Some of us here, we're thinking, you know, I don't see Jesus working much in my life. Used to. I don't hear his still small voice whispering that often. I don't experience his power and his presence I'm not seeing much victory, much fruit. Could it be <laughs> that we're riding the fence when it comes to our spiritual life? Could, could it be that we've grown pretty lukewarm and now we're saying, I love you, Jesus. You're my king. You're my Lord. I love you. I'm all yours until I have this opportunity to let sin rip. And then I just want to go, because I know, Jesus, you'll forgive me, won't you? You'll, you'll, you'll let me off my, the, the, my blindness. You'll let me back in. So I'm going to jump in the sewer and the manure of sin, and, and then I'll get clean, and, and then we'll just keep repeating this back and forth stuff. We need to remember to see Jesus alive and working. Make sure to daily keep our hearts Pure, okay? So what's the answer? So what's the solution to seeing God at work in our lives? How, how do we get a handle on this? What's his recipe? What's his prescription for not walking long stretches of our lives spiritually blind? What's the answer? Okay? Uh, answer number one um, I want to show you the picture of this guy. Um, we don't get his name. Go ahead, Caleb. Put, put the picture of the man on the mat. Um, he was stuck. Do we have that? Maybe not. Anyway, Matthew, uh, John chapter 5 and verse 6. Jesus comes upon a man who's stuck on his mat and he's unable to move for 38 years. Remember that story? You can turn there if you want in your Bible. Uh, John 5 and verse 6. Anyway, he's been laying there, he can't move, he's all upset, nobody will help me, nobody will get me in the water, I'm pretty sure I could get healed. And he's stuck there on his mat, and Jesus asks him this question. It's huge. I think it's one of the most important questions we can ask ourselves. And, and here it is, do you want to get well? Think about it, Myron. This guy's been laying there on his mat, I, I, I got to believe... His, his teeth uh, are mostly missing. Couldn't go brush his teeth. I, I got to believe his beard is ratty and, and um, filled with all sorts of stuff. His hair's uncombed. Uh, they didn't have deodorant. I'm sure he smells. And, and then Jesus asked, do you want to get well? Why would he ask him such a question? And here's the answer. You ready? Because... If he's going to get up off his mat, he's going to have to go get a job. <laughs> if he gets up off his mat, he's going to have to go and start dealing with his family situations. If he gets up off his mat, he's going to have to go back to temple and sacrifice animals and 
go through all of the religious things that Old Testament Jews were required to do. In other words, you get off, off your mat, there's going to be a lot of responsibility. If you get up off your mat, you, you're going to have to go and do things that you don't have to do when you're laying on your mat. Do, do you want to get well? Do, do you want to get well? So that really is the question here today. Do you really want to see Jesus alive and working regularly, daily in your life? Um, are you ready to do whatever it takes to begin to see Jesus heal your blindness? Whatever it takes. You understand? It, it's, it's tough, but it's a hard question we all have to answer. Because here's the truth. Until you really want to get well, you're not going to. Until you're ready to do whatever it takes, Lord, I'm all in. Healing won't happen. That's the reality. 2 Peter 3, verse 14 says it this way. And so, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, what's he talking about? Last part of 2 Peter, he's talking about the return of Jesus to the earth. Okay, So he could be talking to us. While we're waiting here in strange 2021, while we're waiting for Jesus to return, to come back for his church, what should we be doing? Here's what he says. Make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in Christ's sight. Make every, what is it? Make every, okay, got about half of you. Make every to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in Christ's sight. What's the point? It's going to take effort. It's going to take effort on our part to say, I want to get well. I don't want to live blind any longer, whatever it takes. So, first step, the cure to spiritual blindness. Do I really want to get well? Am I serious? Am I passionate? Am I ready to do whatever it takes? Lord, whatever it takes, I'm in. That's step one. Step two, um, make confession your gut reaction when you sin. Make confession your gut reaction when we've sinned. Okay? Now, I'm walking along, it's Monday, um, now I'm paying attention, and now I slip, uh, I fall, I maybe even jump into my favorite sin. Has that ever happened to you? Yes, it has. Okay. Don't leave me alone up here. Yeah, of course. We all, we all sin in various ways. We jump into different mud and manure pits, but we all do it. Here's the truth. Uh, here's the question. How long am I going to lay in that mud and that manure of sin? That's really the question. How long am I going to live blind? Okay? So, uh, you've jumped in. I've jumped in. Now, I'm, I'm moving around because I want to move around today. Uh, I've fallen. Okay, Henry, how long am I going to lay here? How long am I just going to say, oh, I'm not getting up because if I get up, I'm just going to fall again and I fall all the time and I'm just going to lay here 
and I'm just going to wallow like a spiritual pig for a while. How long am I going to lay here? And, and the truth is, as long as I want, <laughs> right? I can lay here for a minute. I can lay here for an hour. The truth is, some of us, we lay for a day. Oh, if I just get up, uh, the Lord's mad at me. He doesn't want me back in his family. I blew it again. I'm just going to lay here. The truth is, Scott, some of us, we lay here for a week. Can you believe that spiritually? We're blind. We're not seeing uh, Jesus active and working in our lives. Oh, well, I'll just be blind for a month. I'm telling you, it's only a question. Will you get up out of the sin, whatever it is, and we all sin in various different ways, and don't be mad at somebody because they sin differently than you. That was worth the price of admission right there. Okay? And then you do the U-turn and you run to Jesus and you call it sin. Call it what he calls it. I know what I just tripped into, Lord. I know that sin. Why do I know? Because your book calls it sin. I call it the same thing, Lord. Sin separates me from you, Lord. I can't see you working in my life. I can't hear your still small voice. 1 John 1, 9. This is huge. If we confess our sin to him, Jesus, he's faithful and he's just. He'll forgive us our sins. He'll to cleanse us from all of our wickedness. Okay? So, let me, let me just... Uh, I, I've fallen into sin... Okay? And now I've decided I'm not going to lay here anymore in sin. I'm going to do the U-turn. I'm going to run to you, Jesus. I'm going to run to the cross. And I'm going to ask that you might wash and cleanse and purify. Lord, that was sin. What it is that I tripped in or fell in or jumped in, Lord, that was sin. And I'm asking that you might cleanse me, purify me. Because I want to be able to see once again spiritually. I, I want my dirty hands washed. I want my dirty heart cleansed. So Lord, I run to you and I write that check of confession. I call it sin because you call it sin. And now verse 9 says this. You ready? I'm faithful, Jesus says. I'm just. You can count on me. Every time you come to me in repentance... I'll forgive you your sin. How many times a day can you do that? Think about it. Is there a statue of limitations? Can you do it five times a day, Chase? Uh, Grant, ten times a day? What do you think, Glenn? Fifteen? I, I think as long as your heart is right and you want to get back with the Lord, he's faithful. He's just. He'll keep on cleansing. Now, don't get me wrong. You might want to say, Lord, uh, I, I keep walking by this same pit and fall into that pit every day. You ready? You might find an alternative route, okay? Do you understand? Whatever it is, you might need to make take some steps. Lord, I don't want to fall in that pit every single day or ten times a day. Lord, by your grace, I'm going to get some victory. And Lord, show me what to do to help avoiding that pit, okay? But when we come... 
Jesus says, I'm faithful, I'm just, you can depend on me. Wash, cleanse, your eyes can see once again. Okay? At that moment, Jesus gives us spiritual eyes. We can see, feel, experience him alive, working in us. We can hear his whispers and his prompts. Now, I, I just want to show you one more thing here. First John 1, the verse before 9 and the verse after 9 tells us something that we all need to know. Okay, He's writing to Jesus' followers here, right? He's, he's writing to the church. First John is written. So here's what he said. Verse 8, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves, not living in the truth. Okay, so if you're here thinking, well, I, I, I don't like that pit stuff. I, I don't live there. Um, you're just fooling yourself. Verse 10, if we claim we've not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Okay, so here's the truth. Ready? We all fall short. We're all still in process. We all still blow it. We all still mess up at times. Uh, the truth is, this promise here, if you keep your heart pure, you're going to see God. It's a hard one because there's tension there. We all still sin. We all still mess up. We all still blow it. And yet I'm called to get back in right relationship. I'm called to get my spiritual eyes opened so I can see God at work in my life, okay? So here's the critical question, you ready? When you fall and fail, and we will, how long do you lay there? That's really the question. When you mess up, and you will this coming week, how long do you lay in the ditch, in the mud, in the manure, before you say, enough is enough, Glenn, I'm getting up, and I'm running back to Jesus. How long do you lay there? Is really the critical question. Okay? Do you lay there 10 minutes? Do you lay there an hour? Do you lay there a day? Do you lay a week? A month? Could there be Christians who lay? And they don't see Jesus working in their lives for a year? Is that possible? I'm telling you. A mark of maturity, a mark of, I'm growing up, I'm walking with Jesus by God's grace, I'm not going to lay here any longer, okay? I'm telling you, if you can get to the point where you say, you know what, quickly, Lord, I don't want to lay in sin any longer than I, okay, I blew it with my mouth, I lost, I, I was impatient, I, I lost it with my eyes, with my thoughts, with my... Again, we all sin differently, but I'm telling you, as soon as you recognize there's sin, I'm going to run quickly back to King Jesus. Mark of maturity. I'm, I'm not going to lay there. And I would say a second mark of maturity is, and Lord, help me to figure out how to get victory over this hole that I keep falling in every single day. Okay? Um, I, I've given this thought before. Um, I struggle with gluttony. I struggle with Johans. Every time I drive by, I'm just going to drive by, but I'm not going in, right? 
uh, I'm going to go in, but I'm just going to smell. I'm not going to buy anything, okay? I go inside. Um, um, I'm going to buy something, but I'm going to take it home to my wife, to my kids, okay? Uh, but I'm not going to eat it. Uh, get it in the car, what happens? Munch, 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 okay? That's goofy, but you understand, okay? Next time, I'm not going to drive. I'm going to find a way around Johans, okay? So uh, another mark of maturity is, Lord, help me to learn how to avoid falling in that same ditch every time. I close with this true story. In 1981, Anna Penica, 62-year-old woman who'd been blind since birth, entered the Jewel Stein Eye Institute, University of California. They performed a routine operation on her eye. She woke up almost instantly, had 20-30 vision. She could go instantly right now and pass a driver's test. Ten minutes after she woke up. Anna said almost everything she saw was bigger and brighter than she'd imagined. <laughs> she said, uh, in the morning I couldn't wait to wake up and I'd run out to the window and I'd see the sunrise and see the birds soaring in the air. And she said, I couldn't wait to see my family. And some of them were taller than I thought they were and some of them were shorter than I thought they were. Uh, she said, I imagined some how they looked. And she said, honestly, looking at them, some were heavier than she imagined. Some were thinner than she imagined. She said a lot, of, a lot of things were different. But she said the miracle sight is wonderful. And she loved seeing new sights every day. Here's the startling part of this story. The doctor said the surgical techniques to cure Anna's blindness were available since the 1940s. Meaning, she had lived 40 of her 62 years needlessly blind. She didn't have to be blind. They could do this 40 years earlier. Jesus is telling us here, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, there is seeing that's even greater than physical sight. There's a way of seeing the blessing of daily seeing Jesus, our King, alive and active and working in our lives that's way more important than even physical sight. Anna was needlessly blind for 40 years. We don't have to walk around spiritually blind either. Some of us, we're just of our own accord, walking around, and we're living blindly. And I'm here to tell you, we don't have to walk around spiritually blind any longer. And when we do go blind, just make it a quick blindness and get back up and run to King Jesus. We must determine, do I really want to get well? Am I ready to do whatever it takes to see Jesus alive and working in my life? Because if you really don't want to get well, if you really don't want to see, you're not going to. Second step, we must make confession our gut reaction when we sin. 
is this going to be a priority? Or am I just going to lay there for hours and days and weeks and even months? And when we're laying there in sin, nothing that matters is going to happen. Do you understand? Nothing that's going to make a difference. Nothing that's going to do anything for the kingdom of Jesus Christ while I'm laying in sin. Get up. Don't lay there anymore. To see Jesus alive and working, make sure to daily keep your heart pure. Matthew 5, 8. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Let's pray. I just need to ask as we close, how are you seeing recently with your spiritual eyes? How's that going? This past week, have you seen Jesus alive and active? Have you seen the fingerprints of Jesus on you? How long has it been since you know that you know that you know that Jesus is working in and through and around you? How long has it been? First question, do you want to get well? If you're laying there um, for long stretches of time, will you get up? Will you say, no, I'm not going to lay here any longer than necessary. By your grace, Jesus, I'm going to get up and do the U-turn and run to you. I'm going to confess and Lord, you've already marked my account paid in full by the shed blood of the Lamb. That's me. Make me clean. Make me pure. I want you back. Welcome. I, I want to see you alive and working in me. Anybody say, you know, Lord, I, I, I don't want to walk around blind any more than needed or necessary. By your grace, I just want you to see me today. I'm going to put that into practice starting even right now. Lord, make us fierce to want to get well. Make us hungry, passionate to see you alive and working in us. And Lord, I pray that we might become expert confessors. As soon as we fall, we're ready to do the U-turn and call it sin and ask that you might wash and cleanse and purify. Did you know that you don't get spiritual eyes until you invite Jesus into your life? Did you know you can't see Jesus working in and through you until you open the door of your life and say, Jesus, I believe, I believe you are the sinless Lamb of God. Jesus, I believe you took my place on that cross. Jesus, I believe you shed your blood for my greatest problem. I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe you took my place in that tomb and and Jesus, I believe you didn't stay dead, but early Sunday morning, 
Jesus, I believe you victoriously arose from the dead. You did that for me. And right now, Jesus, I invite you to come in. Come into my life. Save me. Make me new. Give me new eyes that can see you alive and working in me. Right where you're seated. Right where you're watching online, you can hit that prayer button. Say, you know, I'm going to choose to say yes right now. If you're here in person, make your way over to the prayer corner. We'd love to celebrate and get you off to a good start. Work powerfully, Lord. Thanks for the new eyes that you give us when we say yes. I believe, I receive, I invite you in. Come take charge of my life.